Welcome to In Process, the NC Dance Festival podcast. I'm Ann Morris, Festival Director. Each week on this podcast, we dive deep into the risk-taking and dance-making that characterize the modern and contemporary dance community in North Carolina. This season, we'll be guided by the question, what does the North Carolina dance community need to thrive? Our conversations this season start with dance and the creative life, but spill into all aspects of our community as we connect, revitalize, and dream together. We're glad to have you along for this journey. In Process is sponsored by Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist Performing Arts Medicine Clinic. Whether you're a dancer, musician, vocalist, or artist, Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist's new Performing Arts Medicine Clinic is designed to meet your needs. We understand your unique demands and want to help you get back to dancing, playing, singing, or painting. Our performing arts medicine program includes physicians, physical therapists, and certified athletic trainers with specialized knowledge and training. Our program is one of very few in the country. Many of our program providers are also dancers and artists. To schedule an appointment with Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist, call 336-716-3286 or visit wakehealth.edu slash performingartsmed. This week, I'm speaking with Lisa Broadhead, teaching artist and director of the Dance Theater of Dreams at the Dreams Center for Arts Education in Wilmington, North Carolina. The mission of Dreams is to create a culture of confidence for youth and teens through equitable access to arts education. In this episode, Lisa and I talk about how she overcame the initial challenge of transitioning from leading college-level dance programs to an after-school dance program, how she collaborates with others in the community to provide pre-professional experiences to her students, and the joy of nurturing the natural creativity and curiosity of young children. I'm Lisa Broadhead, and I am the director for the Dance Theater of Dreams in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, I'm happy to be a part of this organization. I moved back to Wilmington, which is my hometown, um, in 2010 after being away um, since 1982. So I saw a lot of changes in the community. And um, basically the reason I left in 1982 because I felt it was at the end of the earth for the arts. And as soon as I left, the film industry moved in and voila, the arts became alive. And so when I decided to come back after spending many years in, um, most of my time was in Northeast Ohio with my own dance company and also teaching at the University of Akron and Kent State University. Um, prior to that, I was in Louisiana State University running the ballet program. And then after I had gotten there, Four months later, they cut 42 programs, and of course, dance was a part of it. So from there, um, I had a small Methodist college in Montgomery, Alabama, Huntington College, called me, and they said, we'd like for you to start a dance program. And our, our college that has around 800 students. So I went on a mission, and I started a dance program. And at the same time, um, I was also in love, and I wanted to marry this man of my life in LSU, and uh, so um, he got a job at Kent State University, and then we went to Ohio, and there it was, so we stayed there for the 24 years, and then we moved back home because I wanted to be near my parents, 
and, you know, to take care of them as they were aging. And so I came home and all of a sudden I realized there wasn't the art community that I thought there would be. So I started looking around and lo and behold, Dreams Center for Arts Education comes up. So I met with uh, the founding founding executive director, Tracy Wilkes. And Tracy was wonderful. Tracy said, Lisa, I don't know if you would fit into our program. We're an after-school free arts education program that offers everything from pottery to visual art to photography to theater to music and, of course, to dance. But she didn't know because of my professional background if I would find it difficult to teach. And I said, I can do it. I want to do it. I want to be a part of this community that is developing a culture of competence and creativity. And I could see it in that first visit when I went there. So I took a few months before I actually started up in the program. So I'm now in my 10th year. The first year was interesting to say the least because I walked away every day saying I didn't accomplish anything and it was one of those moments that I was like why am I being so hard on myself why am I saying okay this ballet class needs to meet the criteria of my level one in the University of Akron or meet the criteria for level five at the University of Akron it wasn't going to happen. And I had to pull back and think, how can I, as an artist, find what I had been reading about from Sir Kenneth Robinson's The the Element? I mean, he has since passed away, but I had spent a lot of time in Akron following Sir Kenneth Robinson's work on transforming artists, transforming education, And so by thinking of the element, it helped me go on a pathway that I needed to have so that I would go into dreams, relaxed, and walk out of dreams, relaxed, knowing that even if I accomplished one thing in that class, it was major. And so I went on. So basically what I did with the element, I allowed the dancers to find their natural talent and mix it with their personal passion. So they came together as they did it. So did I, and it just became a beautiful, beautiful story. And so now when I go in, I'm like, okay, we're going to accomplish so much. And we do. And it's because I have tried to give each student the confidence and the creativity that they need to thrive as artists. And I think the beauty of the DREAMS program is that we give the students that come in for this free after-school arts education the opportunity to try different areas um, of the arts so that they can see where their true passion is. And it's been most difficult as it is with everywhere else um, regarding COVID that, you know, of course, we weren't meeting for a while and we were trying to do everything via film and, you know, trying to keep the the students inspired. But what happened is their main thing 
that encompasses our mission at Dreams, their confidence went down. And so it's really important right now that we build that confidence up. And we as teaching artists have to be as creative as the children so that we can show them that pathway that they can choose and they can feel good about themselves and see what they're creating. So because of that, in 2017, Kevin Lee Y. Green and Annie Furmender and I sat down in a Port City, Java, and we said, okay, we've got to give our dance students more of an opportunity to advance in their technique and also build their confidence and build their creativity, not knowing that we were going to be hit with Hurricane Florence and then COVID. But we decided to get this off and running and it passed with the board. We started the Dance Theater of Dreams in May of 2017 after sitting down in January of 2017. And we had our first audition. We went, I mean, it was phenomenal the first year, you know, how many students were interested in DTD, otherwise known as Dance Theater of Dreams. And so what we really wanted to give the students that were part of this dance company, a pre-professional um, environment so that they would get the education in technique that they needed. So they have a ballet class each week, along with a modern class, contemporary class each week, and then it's followed by rehearsal in the week. So they basically are together three times a week. And we take them to, for example, University of North Carolina School of the Arts Dance Festival or any other dance festivals that may be happening. I know East Carolina had a dance festival. We allow them to perform um, in around 10 um, performances throughout the community and beyond, giving them the opportunity to perform. And we try to take on social consciousness type issues. And um, for example, um, the Cameron Art Museum just recently uh, unveiled the sculpture Boundless, which was um, the sculpture of 11 United States colored troops that actually fought at the Battle of Forks Road, which here is here in Wilmington on the site of the Cameron Art Museum. And so I was inspired to have a common thread pull through there and say, how can I create a dance that honors this, this statue, honors the United States Colored Troops? So I created Fighting for Freedom, which that's what the United States Colored Troops were all about. And so we presented that in November. So we got to go out in the community and share that. And we presented it again in February, this past February, and we'll present it again in Wallace, North Carolina in April. So I'm giving them as many opportunities as they can along with having incredible dance residencies within the community. Um, we just finished a two week residency with Rari Woodbury dance company from Salt Lake City, Utah. That was phenomenal. They actually set a piece on the Dance Theater of Dreams. And then it all culminated last night. The Dance Theater of Dreams got to see Rory Woodbury perform at the Wilson Center. And it was just truly, truly an amazing evening yeah. where six dancers looked like there were 66 on the stage. The students of the Dance Theater of Dreams were totally inspired and 
you know, they have people to look up to now. Um, we have another residency a beginning of April with Capuli Mexican Dance Company. So we're trying to give them as many pre-professional opportunities as possible in this day and time. And, um, you know, the alumni of Dance Theater of Dreams have gone on. They've, they're performing in theater. They're performing in other dance companies. They're actually performing on TV. Thanks to Kevin Lee White Green, who's the main choreographer for the show, um, Our Kind of People. So they've had the opportunity to be behind camera and show their passion for dance. Oh, that's great. Yeah, what amazing opportunities um, you guys are providing for these dance students. I, I'm curious too, I know you have a background um, in drama and dance and of course Dreams is so multidisciplinary. Are there a lot of crossovers? How do the art forms inform each other within the, the program? Or do people kind of pick a track and, and stick with it? Well, I found out from the very beginning at working at Dreams, we were sort of all going our own little pathways. But I've really been working hard to have more of a collaborative um, endeavor with other artists. And I know this summer, um, the theater person, the theater teaching artist, um, had this idea um, at Wrightsville Beach. There's a mailbox on the north end of Wrightsville Beach where journals are in the mailbox and people write their thoughts and they can express how they're feeling at that particular time. So Wrightsville Beach has actually given him the journals from all these years so he can take out and create monologues. And I told Trey, I said, Trey, I'd like to be a part of that and really put some movement with all this. I said, in the whole theme of the summer program is called the Creative Outdoors. So we're actually going to work together in a collaborative um, environment. And we're also bringing in musician from the University of North Carolina at Wilmington who works with teaching students how to do hip hop and pull that in. So we're going to put three art forms together and I think it's just going to be phenomenal. I'm just like so excited about taking four weeks, meeting Monday through Friday to do this collaborative work. So, Oh yeah. And for the students to really dive into that process, what an experience. I'll be glad to write about it at the end of it because it, it will be a process that needs you know documentation from it, but I really feel positive about it. And so we're doing more and more of that at Dreams. And it does bring us together when we've been forced to be apart and through the pandemic. And it's just a, a, a wonderful feeling to come together and work together. Yeah, well, and you know, so much of what you're talking about, these opportunities that you're providing for students, but also the underlying mission of dreams to provide access to young dancer, or young, young artists um, yeah. of all kinds, um, really feels like it speaks very directly to a question that the North Carolina Dance Festival and this podcast have been have been looking at this this year, which is you know, what does the North Carolina dance community need to thrive? And to me, I, I think that that kind of access and that early education is so important in developing, you know, the next generation of, of artists here in this community, 
um, audience members, what, what feels like the importance to you of that degree of access that DREAMS provides and how does it speak to setting up that next generation for success? Well, because we start the students at age eight, we can get them into the program when they're so young, when their creativity is so high and really nurture that creativity and give them the different options, you know, to find out where their passion is, what really speaks to their heart. And I often think about a young girl that um, Sir Kenneth Robinson writes about. Her name was Gillian. And she was a fidgeter. She wasn't doing her homework. She wasn't doing any work at school. She was a troublemaker. The teachers were really upset with this child. And so what they did, they said, we want the child to meet with a psychologist. Now, this was in the 30s. This was before any labels of ADHD and the need for prescribing Ritalin or anything like that. So the mother and the daughter went and met with the psychologist. And the psychologist welcomed him into the office and told the young girl in her little ponytails and her little dress to sit on this leather couch. And she decided to sit on her hands because she knew she was going to start fidgeting. And she did not want to go to a special school. And she felt like that's what was going to happen to her. And so the, the psychologist and the mother talked for a long time. And then the psychologist went over and sat next to the little girl. And he said, your mom and I need to go out in the hallway and talk. And he said, we'll be back. You've been very patient. We'll be back. And so the little girl sat there. Before they left, the psychologist turned on the radio. And the mom and the psychologist were on the outside. And they looked through the observation window. And there was little Gillian dancing with such grace. And they were amazed. And he said, this child needs dance. And so they sent her to a dance school. She had danced weekly. She later on went and auditioned for the Royal Ballet. She got into the Royal Ballet. And then after that, she began working with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And we know who that was. That was Gillian Lynn mm -hmm. and Cats mm -hmm. and Fan of the Opera. That's how we have to grab these kids. We have to look in their eyes and we have to see that passion and let them see our passion. And it's not just dance. It's, it's all of the arts. And we just have to give them that opportunity. And that's how dance can thrive. And then to give them other opportunities so that they can advance. And, you know, when they're 11 to 18, that's when Dance Theater of Dreams begins then they can see, they can see how they can advance it. They can see how they can work on improvisation. They can see how they can create, how an art form can become so valuable for their success in life. And instead of having some label thrown at them, let them utilize what some people would say was a negative action. And that fidgeting became dance. And I just think it's such a gorgeous story. And that gives me so much hope. Yesterday, when I was teaching at Dreams, I passed one of the um, little girls 
She's eight years old, and she had been in Rory Woodbury's um, uh, residency program. She was creating along with some other dance classes. I could not keep my eyes off this child and her creativity. And I saw her yesterday, and I said, hi, how are you today? And I just looked at her, and yesterday was the first day that we could go without masks, so we actually saw everybody's faces, and it was great. And I said, do you remember me? She said, yes. I said, you know, I was watching your class last Thursday, and I said, you have so much creativity. I said, do you like to dance? And she said, I do love to dance. I said, well, it showed. And I said, I could not believe it when I saw you pushing and pulling in the improvisation and using different body parts to create. I said, I was just so amazed. I said, would you be interested in thinking about the dance theater of dreams? And she said, I love it. And I said, you're eight? She said, I'll be nine soon. I said, well, when you get to be 11, I said, I want you to audition because I see so much potential. I said, do you know what potential means? She says, well, not really. I said, you can do it. And she was beaming from ear to ear. And that's what it takes. You know, we have to nurture. We have to be that role model. And if we do it one by one, that's how the dance is going to thrive. You know, we've got to give them the opportunities to allow them to experiment with their creativity and see where it can take them. You know, I know like in the jewelry making classes, these, these dance, well, not dancers, but well, some of them are dancers, but these students are making their own jewelry and then they're going out and selling it is a part of the entrepreneurship program. And that says bundles, especially when some of these children are not getting it mm-hmm. outside of dreams. Mm-hmm. So it is just a special, special operation. I mean, it's in, we're on our 25th year. So that says something about yeah. the power of dreams. It really does. As you're talking, it, it seems so clear that it's not just sort of opening the door, right? It's not just the access, but it's the strength of, of all of the, the teaching artists and the older students that really kind of reveal these paths to the younger, um, younger artists to follow. Um, it's very inspiring. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like yesterday I was doing... Well, I'm doing this dance program called Wire Your Brain with Dance, and I'm based it off of Anne Green Gilbert's Brain Dance. And we were in a breathing section where, in the breathing section, we were going, inhale, and then I wanted to press exhale. And one of my students, sort of like a Gillian Lynn, you know, he was here. I said, let's incorporate that. I love it. So we're putting it in. And so everyone started doing it. And it's not like, you know, putting them down for doing not the way I was doing it, but we had to experiment how he was doing it, how he was feeling. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really do think that if anyone had to take away any of my teaching jobs, and I have a lot of teaching jobs throughout the community, they could take all of them away, but leave me with dreams. Mm -hmm. Because 
that's where I'm able to make the difference that I can make. I just recently left an incredible conservatory and having those beautiful advanced dancers, but I knew that I could not devote my time to dreams and there. You know, I had to think about what I'm getting in return for giving so much to dreams and seeing these kids thrive and giving them opportunities that they would probably never have if I didn't reach out and educate them in this way. So. Wow. I wish, I wish every community in, in North Carolina had, had a dreams. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's a really, um, it's a really special place. It is. Yeah. Are there, are there any other ways you know, maybe they're connected to dreams or maybe they're separate from that. Are there any other ways that you feel like things that the North Carolina dance community needs to be able to thrive? We all need to support one another and work together and and communicate with one another. And it's not about competition, but it's about how we can work together and creating a community. It's just like the mission of dreams to create a community, uh, a culture of confidence and creativity. So we can think about how we can pull it together. I know it's it's sort of out there and far out there. Can we make something like this work? But I think it would really help people to be more connected and to think about how someone else is operating and think how can we can put a common thread running between to connect them so that we can all be working within our own hearts and sending forth. Um, it takes more than just dance. It takes putting the body and the mind and the soul all together um, in an endeavor, working together. So I know it would be hard to do, but everything is possible if you dream it. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And I, I say My philosophy with teaching is never say never. And that's how I treat all my students. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I would treat treat any type of collaboration. Never say never. Mm -hmm. Because leave all all those possibilities open mm -hmm. because you never know which ones are going to spark. And right. I, I think that I think that seems like such an important piece that, you know, communication and and connection between organizations between artists it it fosters so much energy and it can it can take a lot of energy too to really bring people together mm-hmm. um, but I think it it does feel like a really imp- important piece of that puzzle and you know the fact that everybody comes together they share and seeing energy seeing that energy becomes contagious and then it just it becomes explosive and there's so much that we could do you know together instead of separate. I know I would like to be a part of that. The work that Lisa and the other teaching artists and administrators are doing at Dreams is so remarkable. And thanks to Lisa for sharing her journey and her passion for her work with Dreams. Find out more about the organization at givetodreams.org. We'll also put the link in the show notes at danceproject.org slash in process. From there, you can also join our mailing list and follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Dance Project Inc. and on Facebook at NC Dance Festival. 
Join me for the next episode of In Process, which will air April 14th. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. This episode was produced by Dance Project with production assistance from Rachel Cozart. Thanks for listening. In Process is sponsored by Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist Performing Arts Medicine Program. The North Carolina Dance Festival 30th Anniversary is supported by the National Endowment for the Arts, the North Carolina Arts Council, Lincoln Financial Foundation, Kimberly and Mark Trebus, Stearns Financial Group, and Downtown Greensboro Incorporated. We need the support of individual donors and business sponsors as well to make possible the innovative work that North Carolina dancers are creating, bring students meaningful experiences with the arts, and strengthen the community through dance. To make a gift to the festival fund, please visit danceproject.org give. Thanks for your support.